been talking about heaven and that's a place we don't want to miss Amen. Amen. so we're going to get back into that tonight I'll give you a little bit of a recap mm -hmm. in just a minute let's go ahead and proclaim the word tonight so I would stand one more time with me This is the word of God. This, this is, is the word of God. God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I will abide by it. I'll adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. For it is my strength. It is my strength. It is my power. And it is my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Y'all want to squeeze in a little? It's all right. Kind of like getting a group setting here and please ask questions and such as we go along here because there's a lot of <coughs> mystery there's a lot of uh, I know people have questions because I'm pretty much constantly uh, confronted with questions about what's heaven going to be like what uh, what's there what the Bible say about it and uh, <coughs> recapping last week of course if you were here we started with the very fact of the first thing we need to work on is getting there do what we need to do to get there, right? Which is what? Believe in Jesus, accept the Lord, and and uh, do our best to serve Him. Amen. There's a you know there's a pattern that we are to take and a path that we're to walk. Uh, but as far as when we get into this realm of the really what does, what does the Bible say about heaven? What about the uh, the things that the writers of the Bible had to say and again they're limited and I warned last week about forming opinions and coming up with kind of uh, fictional accounts and all this we have to stay with the scriptures uh, we can't go wandering off too far and start inserting our own thoughts and such when the scriptures really don't support it so but what do the scriptures support what does the Bible say open your Bibles tonight to the book of 2nd Corinthians Second Corinthians in chapter 5, Paul, the apostle, talks about. Now, Paul was to the point that Paul was really desiring within himself here. I'll give you the reference in a minute. He was really desiring within himself to go ahead and go to heaven and get off this earth. That's what's taking place. And I've had people say, well, I'm not quite ready to go yet. You know, there's some things I want to do here and some things I want to take care of. But Paul because of his and I'll put it this way his intense relationship with the Lord he just wanted to go but he kind of found himself wrestling with himself like it's better for me to stay here because there's still work to do and there's still people to reach there's still churches to build and and visit and then of course he looked at the heavenly realm and he said uh, which is better for me to be absent from the earth and with the Lord or to be absent from the Lord and with the earth so he kind of summed it up and, and finalized it pretty much. I'll read the scriptures here. He said in chapter 5, verse 6, he said, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. And that's true, isn't it? As long as we're filling this earthly body up, living in this shell that God's give us to walk about this earth with, of course we are absent from the presence of the Lord. And he said, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And much about heaven is absolutely to deal with faith. 
if we believe in Jesus, we got to believe in heaven. Amen. Uh, we'll share some scriptures tonight that the Lord Himself spoke, but heaven again is just it's a it's a lot about faith. We've got to have faith. I might not know everything about it. The Bible not might not tell me all the mysteries that we're going to behold. It might just be very limited. But I got to walk by faith in what it says. All of us do, uh, and pursue. Pursue heaven. If we're pursuing heaven again, we're getting our uh, fixation with this world taken care of. We're not latched to this place. We're not bound to it. We've got a heavenly place to go. And uh, I've had people ask me a lot of questions. And I don't have the answers for all of them. Sometimes the best answer to give somebody is I don't know. Because we hadn't got there yet. Uh, Paul continuing, he says in verse 8, he says, We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Again, because, of course, he wanted, his desire was to uh, go to heaven and be with God. Um, take just a minute here and give you an opportunity. Uh, if there's, anybody has a question right off the start here, maybe you've been thinking about something, maybe there's something you don't quite understand. Anybody, before we go any further, feel free to speak up. There's no question too foolish. You're not going to ask a dumb question. Uh, Again, this is an area that I really think we need to be focusing on and getting ready for and preparing for. If we're going to do this here and we're going to serve God and we're going to be excited about Him and the Holy Spirit and do the things we do, then we need to be excited about this place we're going, right? Amen. The best Amen. place to start getting excited is right now. So uh, I'm sure there's probably somebody here that things have come to your mind and you've had questions come to your mind. Uh, we'll try to move on here and, and address some of those in a minute. Paul, in the uh, 12th chapter of the same book, 2 Corinthians, if you'll turn over there. Again, this was an account that Paul had. Some asserted to the scriptures when he was stoned and was either uh, actually healed for a few minutes till they come back to life and experience some some paradise things, or if some else, something else took place in Paul's life that brought him to this place. But anywhere here in verse twelve, he said, in the beginning with verse one, he said, "It is not expedient, meaning that it it's not profitable for me to boast about this." And he was very careful here. He continues. He says, "I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord." Now that's important. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. What's a vision? It's something God gives you to see something of His kingdom. What's a revelation? It's a revealing. So Paul is addressing this here as he begins, and in verse 2 he says, I knew a man, and actually Paul is really talking about himself here because he was not going to boast about it. He was not going to do anything uh, that would bring the attention to him. And the way he says it, he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I can't tell or whether out of the body I can't tell. Now, the only way Paul says I can't tell is because he's talking about himself. Further, he says, God knoweth such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God only knows how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable things, which means inexpressible, 
which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. Now, here Paul uses the term third heaven. The elements around us, the atmosphere that we live in, breathe in, the birds fly in, the clouds drift in, that's the first heaven. That, biblically, that's what it's referring to. That's the first heaven. Or the, but all of them, keep in mind as we go, are upward. I've had people ask me, where's heaven at? The Bible always identifies heaven as upward, not downward. So this atmosphere, this place again is the first heaven. The second heaven is seen as the galaxies and the atmosphere of the stars and all that that is above this first heaven. So the third heaven Paul's talking about is this place where he says he knew a man, actually again expressing of his own self, that went to this place. And he says, what I saw, I really wasn't given the permission to say anything about it because it was totally inexpressible what he did see. He doesn't mention it, doesn't give any detail because him being obedient as he was, uh, whether when he was there he was told not to say anything about it or whether the Holy Spirit directed him, don't relay this, that's exactly what he did. But the key element that we find in these scriptures is this talking about the third heaven, which scholars relate to be what we'd refer to as paradise. Paradise of God, the place where people go when they die. They leave their body, their spirit leaves their body, and they go to this third heaven pretty much instantly. Now, there have been accounts. You've probably seen them. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, now have become open and revealed about people that supposedly have an afterlife experience or near-death experience, but near-death is not death. Death is death. But again, some have physically and medically died and been dead for a few minutes and even out to 15 minutes and brought back and they've got some pretty extraordinary things to relate. Um, so again, the, the instances and the testimonies that we see, you know, we hear people saying, well, I, I know I was above my body. I know I'd come out of my body and for a little while I was kind of in a floating stage and then I begin to go upward. Some of them will even say, all of a sudden there's this light in this tunnel and I go towards this light at the end of the tunnel. Some do not have such a great experience. And they'll say it was darkness and I had this experience that was terrifying. I saw things I don't even want to talk about because it absolutely was, was horrendous. Well, we know the direction that some of those have taken. But they came back and they gave their testimonies and their accounts of it. Whether they're all true, who knows? People will sell anything this day and time. They'll say anything to write a book. But we have to consider good Christian people that have had these experiences, there's got to be something to it. And uh, that brings us, I would say, uh, maybe a greater hope that there are great things to behold and experience when others relate it. And uh, exactly what Paul's talking about. Well, what takes place in this third heaven? What is it that people experience when they leave their body, die here, and they go to this third heaven and ultimately that's where they remain if they're indeed passed from this life and into the next one. So what, what's going on? What's taking place there? As much as can be 
calculated and formed by the accounts that we have in the Word is that God, upon a person leaving their fleshly body or their earthly body, as they rise to this third heaven, and some even say that they were accompanied by others, sometimes angels, sometimes two angels, sometimes a figure that they don't know who it was, it was just somebody in a shining white garment. Uh, but they go to this place and either, and there's a couple or probably more than a couple of opinions here or at least uh, things that are thought to be probably the way it is. One of those is God gives them a, a body, a spiritual body, temporarily for this third heaven. Now, let's talk about that. How's that sound? A temporary spiritual body to inhabit this third heaven <clears throat> and the reason being because the third heaven is not the final heaven that might surprise some of the third heaven is not the final heaven it's a great place beats that other one all to pieces doesn't it oh yes amen the third heaven is the place where yes god is jesus is where the spirit body of people go and we're not given a lot of enlightenment on what they do. Now this is where a lot of people have questions. Well, what are they doing up there? We have to say, I don't really know. Through scriptures and putting a lot of them together that are found in various places, we know that it's a place of joy, absolute joy, a wonderful peace, given with also the accounts of those who supposedly have made this trip that come back they share how the colors are so vivid and and everything is just so remarkable. Uh, but as far as the activities, we know the angels are before the throne of God praising the Lord all the time. But what are the people doing? Let's open it up to a little discussion. What do you think they might be doing? Let's get a little imagined. It's okay. It don't it might not be right, but we're gonna discuss it anyway. Probably trying to get off their face. Good point. That's what I was, that's what I was yeah. imagining. Okay. Why, why would you think that? Such a glory. Glory of God. Such a glory. Yeah. See, it does not even begin to compare it with this place. This is like a dungeon, a dark dungeon compared to heaven. Amen. So I believe you're right. Upon arrival, I think probably just going to be an absolute awe for a while. Uh, especially when you see Jesus. Yes, that man. Man, you know, a lot of people's told me it's the first one I want to see. Me too, God. And then there's some more people I want to see. One name. <laughs> Praise God, I'm waiting. And uh, but you know, I thought a lot about this the last month, and I myself questioned God, what what's what's she doing? What's going on up there? Uh, show me a glimpse. You know, hadn't had that happen yet, and I may never have that happen until I get that account because. I think there's reason for that. God created it this way for a purpose. If we had all the picture and we could put it up here on the screen and somehow and show it and over and over and over again, you know, I don't really know if uh, the drive to get there would be as great as it is just kind of wondering and hoping, knowing it's going to be a glorious place. We know that because God's Word basically says it is. It's going to be a place where He is. Where a better place would you possibly find to go? than where God is, uh, the creator of everything. And if he created this earth, what do you think he's created for us there? It's remarkably magnified jillions of times. 
uh, I've heard some of these people and sitting and listening to them, they talk about the wonderful fragrances. Doesn't even compare to any earthly fragrance. Colors don't compare to any earthly color. The music's even more vibrant and vivid and awesome and then just, you know, in their brief encounter there, again, probably just a few minutes in their back, it doesn't give them a whole lot of time to experience much of anything, but the things that they do say is supernatural for, for a, a good description. Uh, God supernatural, heaven supernatural. We need to be supernaturally minded. Go ahead and, and uh, search the scriptures, and, and I urge you to do that. Um, I want to talk about tonight, uh, and does anybody got any questions right now before I move on? Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to make a comment. Who do you want to see when you get there? People's told me, my family. Uh, of course, God, Jesus, but family members. Uh, let's consider this. Ever since time began, and there have been many, many, many human inhabitants of this earth, by now, billions. The population of the earth right now is about 9.5 billion, not millions, billions. A billion is a thousand million. So if you can calculate, that's a whole lot of folks. But all those folks didn't go to heaven, and a lot of these folks ain't going to heaven because it takes one thing that they have failed to follow through with. That is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, whatever their reason being, and you say, well, some of them just ignorant, they don't know. Well, maybe so some of them, but, you know, God and his abilities, I believe he has a way to... Because basically he wants everybody to be saved. Uh, he doesn't force people to get saved. He leaves it up to them. It's a decision. Uh, but the Bible is clear on the one avenue that every human on this earth has. None other than Jesus. That's it. Nothing else. Um, I think I mentioned last week in some of the reading I've been doing, the, the commenter said, sadly, the Islamic world's not going to have to worry about going to heaven. They'll tell you they are. They'll tell you Allah's there. And they'll tell you all kind of weird stuff's there. They've really been convinced to believe some really weird things about what's supposed to be in their concept of heaven. Buddhists are not going to have to worry about going there. New life science people's not going to have to worry about. Why are they not going to have to worry about going there? Because they ain't went the right road yet. Right. You got to go with Jesus. That's the only way. And he wasn't being discriminatory or, or mean. And it's just, if you think about it, of all the people that's ever lived, and there's no way to calculate this, really, um, how many people have really went to heaven when they died that has lived upon this earth? Percentage might not be as much as you might readily think it is, really. Uh, because we can look at our own society today. Uh, I think about some things I shared last week. I don't remember if I did or not, but for the sake of it, some here tonight that weren't here last week, uh, I was listening to a gentleman that pretty much come up with a number of Christians in our present society, considering that the population of the United States is about 350 million right now. And he'd done surveys, he observed poll figures. You know, there are pollers and surveyors that constantly are calling 
talking to Christians, are, are you a Christian? Some say, no, I'm not, don't believe in that. Others say, yes, I am. He kind of uh, done his research and come down with a figure that pretty much pertained to people that were pretty solid, sold-out believers in Christ and believed in heaven and everything of the Bible, and he come up with a figure of about 26 million people. Out of 350 million? That's pretty low. Pretty low, but you know that's probably pretty factual. So when we think of heaven and this universal salvation theory that everybody's going to heaven, they're they're wrong. They're just wrong. And this should drive us to a point of trying to reach more people. Because uh, if they're lost, I'm gonna tell you they're they're not going to heaven. It's just it's not automatic. And this theory of, of the that regardless, it doesn't matter that everybody's going to feel heaven up. That's not true. But anyway. With this figure in mind, 26 million, uh, that's a lot of folks, really. I mean, 26 million folks feel ravvy up pretty good, wouldn't it? But what about heaven? How big is heaven? How big is it? We don't know, do we? We know how big New Jerusalem is, don't we? How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us. Go to Revelations chapter 21. Now, there's also some mixed up theories and all kinds of opinions on how's this thing ultimately going to wind up? What's going to happen first? What's going to happen next? Are we going to get raptured at the beginning of the tribulation? Are we going to go halfway through the tribulation before we're raptured? Are we going to go all the way through the tribulation? Is there going to be a rapture? I mean, there's all kinds of thoughts and opinions in the religious arena about this. But again, we have to stay with what Scripture says. And some of this can kind of seem like it it's hard to understand because some of it will flip-flop. Some of the prophecies will be talking about two things at the same time when it's talking about heaven. But here, John the Revelator in the book of Revelations, chapter 21, says this. And John was taken up into, into what? What happened to John on the Isle of Patmos? Oh, Where did Revelations come from? What created? John had a what? Had a vision. vision. Uh-huh. From who? God. And this is what he said. The whole book of Revelations is John's vision that God gave him. And some of it here we're going to read is about end times. Some of Revelations is about the past. Some of Revelations at the point of the present when John. Some of it's in the future. And a lot of times it's it's talking about the same thing at the same, or several things at the same time. So let's break it down. He said in verse 1, And I saw... John said, I saw in my vision that God gave me, allowed me to have a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. Now, has this happened yet? No. How do we know that? Because we're still here on the old earth. The third heaven is still the waiting place. So where are we going from here? If we're why, Pat, what's pass away mean? It's gone. It's gone. It's not going to exist. Well, where, where's heaven going to be then? Did you catch the words? A new new heaven and a new earth. What does new mean? It's made. 
fresh, right? You don't take the old thing and patch it up. Uh -huh. Come on. And refurbish it and polish it a little bit. See, if God is able to create everything that we know on the earth and splatter the stars and hang the sun and the moon and all the galaxies that's still being explored, some of them haven't even been found yet, what about heaven? What can he do? He can create a new heaven and a new earth. We're going to get into that a little more here in a minute. Let's look at the next verse, chapter or verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. All right. This is going to take place at the culmination of the ages. That's what this is talking about. This is the final heaven that God's going to create. The, not the third heaven, the new heaven, which is after the third heaven. The third heaven is not going to be dissolved away. It's actually going to be transitioned into the new heaven God's going to create, which is going to be even more glorious. And the, the city of New Jerusalem, we're told, going over here a little bit, in verse 16, of chapter 21 says and the city lie four square which means it's a square and the length is as large as the breadth and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal what is 12,000 furlongs Twelve thousand furlongs is fifteen hundred miles. Mm -hmm. Fifteen hundred miles. Wide, long, and high. If you figure it in an understandable form this would stretch from the Appalachian Mountains on the eastern part of the United States to the west coast and from Canada to Mexico. Why? A mathematician figured this out, a brilliant mathematician, went to some extensive calculations and stuff. Would you like to hear what he came up with? You know, a normal skyscrapers about, their stories are about 12 feet. The tallest building in the world is about 2,100 feet, and that's in Dubai. The building that replaced the World Trade Centers is about 1,700 something feet high. You'd like to know how tall this one is? 166,000 stories. Fifteen hundred miles wide and fifteen hundred miles long. Room for red twenty billion people to reside in with having seventy-five acres apiece. Whoa, I've dreamed of a five acres before. <laughs> but you think of heavenly seventy-five acres and a lush place that God has prepared. Also room for if we're thinking in our mind, parks and all these other things that go along, this is just the city of New Jerusalem that's going to come down and be the central part of this new heaven. 
Anybody interested? Amen. Now that's just, and it, it goes on. I'm not going to share not some more descriptions of everything that's laid out, the foundations and the beauty and the gems, and and it names the gems and all that. But one thing, and I've heard you know a lot of people make this comment. God's going to use gold for asphalt on the streets. He's going to use precious jewels to decorate the walls. Uh, just symbolic of the extent God's going to for the people that loved Him and served Him on this earth. That's the place they're going. Now, this is just a city. Just a city. The expanse of heaven doesn't give us an expanse, but it's got to be huge. Because it's going to be as well as can be understood something earth-like global with no sea well what's that represent we read that a while ago why not a sea revelations is there's a lot of symbolism now whether this literally means there won't be any oceans it'll be all land possibly so because in the beginning uh, when Adam and Eve inhabited the garden of Eden and some say that's exactly what with some enhancements, that's exactly what this new heaven's going to be like, as it was in the beginning before man contaminated everything. It's going to be in the stage that God originally created for oh, His man. people to inhabit and to enjoy and to experience. But it's going to be probably much more magnified than that. Uh -huh. Now, again, some of this is speculation. Uh, but it's by theologians and Bible scholars who have really studied this and they went to the extent of going to the Hebrew and the Greek and the original languages in which the Bible was written uh, the scrolls from ancient ancient times ago and this is what they've come up with so if God is going basically all out for this wonderful creation and uh, how many of you remember what Jesus said over in Matthew when he said, uh, uh, On my rock I will build this church, uh -huh. Amen. and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to tell you, in heaven there ain't going to be no hell to worry about. Uh -uh. There's not going to be any advancing demonic yeah. armies to be trying to beat on the doors and break through. That's all taken care of. Now see, back to what I was saying, many times biblically, see represents trouble. Or, or troublesome experiences or you know the sea rolling and storms and such now that's another theory maybe that's what's being said it could again be no no water whatsoever because God provides everything right uh, but the the symbolism and the descriptive terms here are uh, just I mean in my opinion they're just phenomenal uh, verse 22 says and I saw no temple there why well, he said he answers it for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Who we going? Who we waiting to see? Who we going to worship? Here they are, right here. Uh, city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God lit it up, and the Lamb is a light thereof. Amen. Can you imagine? We got to use light switches in the dark, don't we? Not going to be any need for that because there's not going to be any dark. Because the illumination power of Jesus Christ is going to fill the entirety of the city. Now, any comments, questions? In Second Peter, 
Now I know I'm moving around here, but we run out of time real quick when we start considering uh, heavenly things. Uh, we'll touch on chapter three, verse eight. Uh, we like to operate off time frames down here. I mean, that, that's what we run by, of course. And but there's an interesting verse here that Peter says in the eighth verse of chapter three of Second Peter. He says. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord's not slack concerning His promise. Uh, and He's talking about, He's been asked the question, you know, well, this has gone on and on. What, why hadn't God come back yet? Is He ever going to come back? And He's in reinforcing the issue of faith. We need to keep faith. God is coming, or Jesus is coming back. There is going to be a time when this earth is gone and there will be a new earth and a new heaven and we're going to leave this place and enjoy eternity. Eternity in this wonderful creation. God is now in the process of what for us? He's building it. There's work in progress. Uh, again, Jesus in John chapter 14 said in speaking to the disciples and those around him he said I go to prepare a place for you to build I don't know what Jesus position is other than king of glory he's got a throne but evidently when he said this I am going to prepare I'm going to be directly involved in preparation of this place Jesus loved his followers didn't he he loved them to no end. He wanted them to absolutely know who he was. He tried to tell the world who he was. He wanted everybody to go to heaven. And he knew he was the only source to be able for people to do that. Sadly, many did not receive him. Again, many call, few chosen. Great is the gate, narrow the way. And few there are that go there. Uh, so what do we, let's stop right there. If that's the case, then I think that gives you and I a real good signal. We need to be doing everything we possibly can to assure our guarantee that this is where we're going to arrive at. I, I guarantee and promise you right now there's people that go to church on a regular basis that are not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Why? They go to church. That ought to be enough, right? Not enough. They sing in the choir. That's, that's even better. It's still not enough. You got to be covered by the blood of relationship with Jesus Christ. Make him your Savior and your Lord. Amen. That's the difference. There's a lot of people that are never going to have a thought about heaven because they're never going to arrive there. And sad thing is, many of them may consider themselves very religious. It's just been a formalism, though. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You got a question? <laughs> is that why they say that, uh, that it's in the Bible that very few make it in? To that point. The word few is used. <clears throat> uh, the other other word, <clears throat> other word is many. Many shall take the broad way, which means multitudes. Few, I think, is a word that again should convict us and say we better take a look at this thing. Uh, uh, don't be so taken for granted that we're all pumped up and ready because you know. And I know in denominational realm, there are those that think, hey, once you're done, you're good. It don't matter what you do from that point on. You can live like whatever, but if you ever said, I love you, Jesus, and I accept you as Lord and Savior, then I'm good to go. 
like it don't matter what you do thereafter. I believe it matters a whole lot what you do after. Because we begin something called a service to God, or we should begin a service to God when we get saved, when His glorious salvation floods our soul and erases our sins and washes away all of our iniquities. They ought to be something going on within us to serve Him the rest of our lives. And this is the, the course it should take. Now, we know everybody don't do that. So, the few word, uh, I think it needs to be considered strongly. I really do. What's he talking about? Few. Uh, there's right, a few could be a few billion or yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, if you take him to the total expanse of mankind on earth from the beginning, uh, we can't even figure that out. There's no way of knowing. Uh, but it's many, many, many. You know, there was ages on this earth referred to as the dark ages. Uh, matter of fact, after the disciples and Paul uh, died, there was an expanse of time, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. There was no prophecy on this earth or <coughs> preaching or anything. There were some dark times. So what about all those people? The Bible doesn't tell us a lot about that. But it does tell us those that are saved. Uh, sometimes we can get to trying to roll that around in our minds and feeling sorry for all these people. You know, I, I just don't know where they're left. What I do know is there's people living today that's got ample opportunity to make Jesus their Savior and Lord, and they're just not doing it because they're too headed down this stream of world and living in this place, and they don't have the first thought about it. Anybody else? I can't remember. I can't remember where I read that, but um, it says that there's a path that seems right but isn't. You know, exactly. That's, uh, that's exactly. About the, the that's religious-minded yeah. people. They seem it seems it right, seems right but it's not right. Life, but it's yeah. not. Really well, important. if you think about it, and this is something that I've, you've heard me many times in this little bitty rural church in southern Oklahoma, not even compared to a lot of these conglomerates that's scattered everywhere. I'll take it back to the false prophets that are going to rise up in the end times. And I know I've said this before, they're not going to show up at the local bar, they're not going to show up at the gambling joints, they're going to show up in the church, folks. That's where they're going to show up and start this erroneous teaching and making people believe, oh, you're going to heaven as long as you come to church and shout at the worship band and, and all this it's deception. Satan is a deceiver. He deceives people, and he deceives people through people. He's done it for thousands of years. He'll continue to do it. He uses human instruments to take people off the path of God and off to the path to him, and he's very devious. That's why we need to stay checked up. We need to be in constant prayer. We need to guard our salvation dearly. Uh, you tell me I'm not always saved? I'm telling you, my belief, people aren't always saved. If they stray off and go into the sin-filled lifestyle, then they're, they're running on thin ice, Amen. is all I can say. But we're given plenty of scriptures here to bring us to the, should bring us to the desire and the hunger and the thirst. I want to get more of heaven on earth every day that I possibly can, where when I leave this place, I know where I'm going. Uh, because it's going to be a miserable, sad predicament for the people that don't make it. Now, there's a whole other teaching on, on the 
option. I don't want the option. The option is fire and smoke and brimstone and misery and pain. And what many people say about that place is the agonizing feeling that you're separated from God is the worst torment that even exists there because you knew you had a chance to do otherwise. I heard uh, Pastor John Hagee say like a long time ago when I was a kid, he said for, and this is something that has really, that has really burned inside of me you know, thinking about it. He said for some, this is as close to hell as they'll ever be, but for others, this is as close to heaven as they'll ever get. That's right. And some people think that they're going to go there. Man, it's deep. Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, and I got to cover this again because, and I know probably everybody here is aware of this, mm-hmm. The decision for salvation is really formed in the soul. Now your soul's got to talk to your brain and tell you to get up and make the trip to the altar or to the front for public acceptance. But it's down here. And the concern I have, again, is many people are just told something to say, and that's all it becomes. And then they're deceived into thinking that they are saved. It, this is territory that it can get real fragile and I don't want to sound like I'm trampling on people's beliefs and teachings, but people need to really understand what, where it goes on now. I mean, not, not just come forth just because somebody, they want to follow somebody or because they go away believing that they've received something and they really haven't. Maybe that's related to the few, huh? What else? My, how time is flying. Questions? Surely you got questions? What about this city? Can you picture it? You picture a city that big? New York City is one of the biggest cities on earth. About, last count, about 12 million people. But they're leaving like rabbits running from a forest fire. They ain't going to be leaving this one. This place is setting up residence. Um, the, just the extent of, and I've seen so many stressed out, pressured up people recently that I've ever seen. Some even saying, I'm so tired of this place. Amen. Christian people. Bible tells us, pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. When things get bad, that should be our prayer. Is that a selfish prayer? Because there's a lot of people left here. There's a lot of people left here that should have made a decision before now. Yeah. Because they've received the word. Uh, you can't really tell me that living in this country and most of the other parts of the world that the gospel has not been delivered. And uh, this is just a fact of it, it may be very brazen and, and very harsh, but there's a decision to be made. Where do you want to spend eternity at? Uh, I kind of like the light to the city here. Jesus. Uh, you know, the brilliance. The, 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 you said being on your... Once I get up, I want to check this thing out. You're talking 166,000 stories tall? That's way on up there, isn't it? And how long does it take you to walk 1,500 miles just to get down one side of the block? Yeah. And if you want to circle the whole thing, that's 6,000. That's just the city. 
Well, what about the rest of them? Let's throw a little imagination in. That's okay. We're just, just realize, though, this is imagination because we're not given a lot. Yeah, go ahead. I was watching TV in one day, Jonathan, and uh, this evangelist said that he had uh, had an accident and uh, had passed away. And he was talking about talking to this other evangelist about, he said he went to heaven and he was, when he opened his eyes, he was standing in a valley and he said it was so, so beautiful he couldn't already look at it. And, uh, and he looked up and he saw a mountain and he said it was so beautiful. He said that he wanted to be on top of that mountain. And he said that in heaven, you, all you gotta do is think where you wanna be and you'll be there. Yeah. He yeah. said he shut his eyes and said he wanted to be on that mountain and he opened his eyes and he was on that mountain. Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? And he, there was a lot more to it, but it's been a while since I mm -hmm. listened to him. Again, I think the direction the Holy Spirit's trying to take us is we need to get our vision fixed on heaven. And I know I preached a message on this. On heaven and off of this trashed out, miserable predicament of a world that we're living in. Folks, I've heard people say, well, it's getting ready to turn around. There's going to be a great, huge revival and everything's going to be, it ain't going to happen. The Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse. What's going to wax worse and worse? Evil, wickedness, persecution of Christians. It's going, I got a newsletter just this week in Africa. They're raiding villages and killing five, fifteen hundred, two thousand people just in brutal ways because they're Christians that have accepted Christ in the middle of an Islamic world and the hatred and the spite is so much that they're literally hacking people in pieces because they hate Christianity. What do you think is going to happen in the tribulation if you miss the rapture? It's not going to be a glide path. No, it's not. We've been talking recently about Shortages? Anybody heard of any shortages lately? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Did you know General Motors and Ford's getting ready to shut down some plants and because they can't get chips to put in the vehicles? They got them stacked on top of each other in warehouses because they can't put the little bitty chip in them that makes them run. Shortage on vehicles. Shortage on uh, food in many parts of the world. Shortage on electricity. You ever thought about living in total darkness? Because there ain't no, nothing happens when you turn your light switch on. You can't go to your refrigerator because everything's rotten in it because there wasn't any electricity to power the thing to cool it down. Can't go anywhere because there's no electricity to pump the fuel out of the ground and get you know, water to drink. How about that one? What's it take to pump water now? Electricity, right? There's another critter that's come unwound here and is going crazy. It's called government. Amen. Bible tells us the end time governments are going to be forceful upon their people. They're going to demand. At some Amen. point, there's one's going to rise up that is the governor of the entire globe called the Antichrist. He's going to say, you're going to take a mark. If you don't, you're not going to get anything. Amen. Now some say, okay, 
Where does this happen at? We got rapture, we got tribulation, we got seven years of tribulation biblically, so where's all this going to occur at? There's real no 100% answer if the rapture is going to occur before, middle, or after, or whatever. But well, I've always heard that all my life, money ain't going to be no good. That's another thing. Bible says because that. right now, you can't buy anything. When we, it hit me hard. So friend Francis, I walked over there and it was with my money in my hand. And I said, we don't take money anymore. You got to have a card. Mm -hmm. That's basically the operation of the world now, especially our Western culture. Nothing you, you have. You can't rent a motel room without a card. Hardly yeah. anything in there you can buy with money. Yeah. Well, it's becoming a rapidly advancing digitized world. Mm -hmm. That's for a reason. I know from the job I used to work at, I can take any one of just a little bit of information from anybody and I can tell everything about you real quick. Mm -hmm. you, it would amaze you. And then you can. Uh, what do you think the government's got we don't know about? And then you can look at all these things that's happening. You started that part that, you know, you've seen things uh, going on, the shortages and stuff. But uh, in the last five years, the storms got worse. We got uh, tornadoes in places that never had them and, and storms like that. And then they had uh, uh, earthquakes, had the volcano eruptions, had, uh, had, uh, one part of the major the country have floods and the next part so dry that they're burning up and, and well, it's just that's the chaos of creation that again the bible tells jesus said it in matthew 24. yeah beginning of sorrows mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. earthquakes in diverse places and literally earthquakes and then, means disaster and then covid 19 covid come along and that's one that's another one mm -hmm. it tells you about it i've even questioned and i've had others question are the four horsemen of the apocalypse already riding are they already pouring out their pestilences yeah. upon the inhabitants of earth why because of wickedness mm -hmm. god at a point in time will say i've had enough done at that point things are going to change drastically those who have trusted God I believe are going to be out of here had Jesus Christ living in their soul serving him uh, but God helped those who remain all them countries over in the east <clears throat> they hadn't just been fighting for 20 years so 22 years they've been fighting for 200 years or well, even longer than that you've got to consider who their God is yeah. Ultimately, who's their God? Satan. Mm -hmm. Now, they can call him by some other name, but if it's not Jesus, they're serving the That's devil. Right. Uh, and that, again, that may sound harsh, but uh, they're not going to quit that. You look at the savagery, the murderous spirits that they have, not just killing you, but destroying your. that That's demonic, folks. And it's escalating, it's growing. The. Fight for Christians in the United States is rising like a thermometer in the wintertime. <clears throat> Anti-Semitism is out of off the charts in America. Who would you ever thought? Mm -hmm. Everything is right globally for this great occurrence. Yeah. It really is. Christian people better get their boots on and get ready because something is going to happen, I believe, in the very near future. I really do. It's in the air. I got mountains standing up on my arms right now. That uh, 
made that confirmation. Uh, people that have not accepted Jesus Christ, it's time you do it. It's time you do it. Just waiting around and putting it off till whenever uh, you may very well wait too late. And those that have, I have need to really be working, working, towards, working towards yeah. really getting. Towards. Not for salvation, we don't work for that. No. But working, be active, uh, doing the word. Uh, Wake up and do everything that you can to be ready. Because yeah. you might have something. Make it after this. Yeah, if it goes that way, you bet you are. Yeah, we don't know that though. And we know what yeah. we gotta have. Mm -hmm. Keep our faith. Anybody else? Heaven, I think when all the beautiful stuff that we're going to be able to comprehend, I think that it's going to be amazing to even, I mean, we will, we'll have to be able to handle it, but to actually be able to have uninterrupted praise without anything mm -hmm. of the world to grab hold of you, not that you'd be able to embrace God like we would, we would love yeah. to. No distractions. Yeah. Pure, yeah. pure yeah. praise. Yeah. And, oh, pure, can you, can you imagine pure praise? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we have a pretty good time here, but can really? Yeah. We're nothing to hinder. No little demons running around causing problems and all. No. Just, yeah. And the one we're worshiping, we're going to be seeing him. Not wondering, but seeing him. Be on her face again for another million years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of mystery, and for most of it, we're just going to be left wondering, really. Uh, but the key thing is we just need to be ready ready for however God's got it laid out whenever it is however it's going to be we got to know it's going to be a gillion trillion billion times better than this place uh, and uh, eyes not seen and ear hasn't heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him what the scripture says but last couple of minutes here uh Somebody want to share your hope? Just your hope. Hope's in really a lot of hope involved, right? We hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody? My hope when he comes, I'll be ready. That's my hope. Constant prayer, I believe. You know, I mean. Nobody can 24-7, but Paul said pray continually without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And I believe that's meant for pretty much us for ourselves. Keep ourselves in line. Keep ourselves straight. Uh, love this word. Love God. That's, that's what's going to get us closer to that direction. And ultimately, uh, can you imagine when you, when, when you realize, think about this, when you realize and I don't know, you know, the transition from the way we think here on earth and our reflex time and all that, it's probably going to be a lot different in heaven. Reflexes may be better than a cat, you know. But 
when you realize I made it. Yeah. I made it. Praise God, I Amen. made it. Hallelujah. It's going to be wonderful. Would you stand tonight? Praise the Lord. A lot of material and golly, my goodness, it went by fast. The only way we can keep the fear down is to know. Mm -hmm. Keep our focus. Yeah. Delight also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Amen. All right. Do you know him tonight? We're going to close with this. If you don't, you can meet him tonight. You can sense your eternity up tonight. You can make a decision tonight that will change your destination from down to up. That you can be with the Lord forever when you leave this earth for whatever means it is. And I want to offer that invitation tonight before we dismiss. Is there anybody? In your heart, you know that you if you died tonight, there's no way in the world you would make heaven. But you can make a short trip tonight and from your heart call on Jesus Christ to save your soul. Give him your life, make him your Lord, and your destination will be changed instantly. Anybody? Anybody that wants to come? Packed up, prayed up, and ready to go up. Prayed up, packed up, ready to go up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you all for your comments and questions and such. But, uh, Lord, allow such. We'll continue next week and uh, try to cover some more scriptural grounds. And in the meantime, be throwing that lifeline to some folks. I want you to go where I'm going. Don't want you to be left behind. Amen. Family members, man, get serious with them. Use that scripture I used last week. Some save with compassion. Some of them you got to pull out of the fire. So let's be at it. All right. Lord bless you tonight. We're going to dismiss. Pastor, I got a text from a woman. Baby has bronchitis. Bronchitis. Okay. Be praying for little Owen and get him healed up and pray for uh, Stan and Terry. Their, her dad's services tomorrow. If anybody can make it, it's at 11 o'clock at Assembly of God. Uh, and they try to support our folks if we can at all. So, uh, at that, we will dismiss. And, Brother Life, would you do that? Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, for tonight. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your instruction, God. We thank you, Lord, that it's been delivered to us, Lord, that we now have a better understanding and vision, God, of what glorious, awesome things you have in store for us. Pray, God, Lord, deeply, Lord, that you keep us rooted and in line, Lord, and in check. Keep us uh, uh, locked into you and the vision, Lord, you have for us, God. Help us to go forward, Lord, and reach everyone we can, Lord, because we know, Lord, it's, it's getting close, God. It's getting close, and your son is coming, Lord. We give you all the praise and glory, God, and thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise be to God. You're just